Ye Merry Doings of Robin Hood. The author is unknown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. In summer, when the shaws be shane, and leaves be large and long, it is full merry in fair forest to hear the valley's song. To see the deer draw to the dale, and leave the hillies he, and shadow them in the leaves green under the greenwood tree. It befell in merry England in the days of Henry the Second that there dwelt within the green and shining glades hid deep in the heart of Sherwood Forest a bold and sturdy outlaw of the name of Robin Hood, and with him sevenscore merry men. Strong of limb and stout of heart was Robin, and man more just and true where it deemed him truth and justice had been earned, ne'er dwelt by dale or down. Now it was full pity in those days that justice abode not in courts of law, neither in officers of the crown, for barons oppressed the poor, the clergy did likewise, and judges and sheriffs of the land used their high office but as a cloak for their corruptions. He who had not was everywhere ground down beneath the heel of him who had. Justice went limping, blind and halt, throughout the land, and the king himself in far-off London town, though he had many a merry tilt with barons and clergy, too, on this very matter, never came off from the wordy phrase with the prize of even so much as a single statute to protect the sturdy yeomen of good old England in their sovereign rights. Thus justice, beaten out as with cudgels from courts and churches and castle, must e'en go and dwell in the stout hearts of Robin Hood and his bold men of Sherwood Forest. Brave yeomen all, each driven from the haunts of men by some villainy that befell them in the name of the law of the land. There in the greenwood they lived a merry life and a free, and righted many a shortcoming in the workings of the lopsided tribunals of Nottinghamshire by maintaining in due and orderly fashion the superior law of the forest, which, being put into words, was this. Rich or poor, fair play for all, and honour to no velvet coat, but honour to him to whom honour is due, who hath a stout heart, a true and a merry, a keen eye, and a strong right arm. Full many a fat and lazy bishop, or high-born lord, puffed up with riches wrung from the poor, was forced to stop and pay unwilling toll to that merry band, and his ill-gotten gains were doled out again to all who had need in the countryside. Thus the name of Robin Hood was to those who waxed fat on the fruits of other men's labors a name of terror, but in every humble and honest home throughout the whole north country a word of household blessing. Now it chanced at this time that there dwelt in Nottingham the most inveterate, most obdurate, most stubborn enemy of Robin and his men, the right worshipful, right powerful, right proud and haughty Lord High Sheriff of Nottingham. Many a time had good Robin put a spoke in the sheriff's wheel, when he or his friends sought to fleece some innocent squire or yeoman of his goods, under fair pretense of right and proper process of law, and many a merry prank had Robin and his men played on that same most worshipful Lord High Sheriff. 
so had the sheriff vowed a vow by this and that and all he held most holy to catch bold robin have him in chains and punished with such dire punishment as was meet for a thief and a robber yet in all nottinghamshire could he find not a single man to serve his warrant of arrest on robin too dearly the yeoman and husbandman loved him and a certain good tinker who but lately set forth to sherwood forest to obey the sheriff's commandment had fallen instead for love of the greenwood and its chief and joined the band alack in place of serving his warrant whereof that most worshipful lord high sheriff had suffered much scorn and laughter of men and vowed a still more awful vow to have bold robin hood yet in irons on a bright morn in early spring up rose robin hood from his couch of grass and moss beneath the broad-spreading branches of an age-old oak and plunged his hands and face in the swift-running brook that chattered in saucy ripples over the pebbles the sun was up and came glimpsing glancing down through the tangle of leaves overhead flooding all the velvety greensward with sheen and waking the cowslips and pink-tipped daisies to laugh back a morning greeting all the air was fragrant with perfume and merry with little birds singing the lark and the mavis the cuckoo and throstle here a pheasant his tail feathers dipped with gold strutted warily down the woodland path there a graceful doe and a spotted fawn sprang lightly bounding into the thicket and everywhere in that deep hidden glade fringed round about with majestic old oaks was a stirring joy of the new-risen day bold robin as he scoured face and neck to a dusky red caroled lustily a gladsome matin song soon stretching and yawning up rose robin hood's men and came likewise to make themselves clean at the brook ere you could say jack robinson fires were burning away in the wood flames leaping and crackling in jolly sort and black kettles boiling and bubbling with savory odor of breakfast a-cooking in short order the board was spread and seven-score men all in lincoln green with jaunty cocks feathers in their caps sat merrily down to eat of venison pasty and good white bread and free and open out of doors with never a wall to shut them in and never a roof save the bright blue sky there was that huge yokel little john and georgia green and will studley and gill of the white hand and jolly friar tuck and much the miller's son and arthur a bland and that sweet singer of ballads allan dale and the dainty dandy will scarlet who came first to sherwood forest clad in scarlet and dallying with a rose yet had such strength he could tear up a sapling by the roots and many another right merry fellow whose courage and mettle robin had made occasion to prove ere ever he was invited to join that dowdy band one and all those sturdy followers rendered unto robin hood and the just and equitable law of the greenwood full and implicit obedience breakfast over and done up rose robin hood and quoth lith and listen my merry men all to-day is the fair in nottingham town and the proud sheriff holdeth there a splendid shooting match far and wide through the countryside his messengers have gone to proclaim the contest and thither will go all the best archers of the north country he that shooteth the best of all shall win as prize a silver arrow with head and feathers of gold 
now where be archers of greater skill than we of sherwood forest to the shooting match we must go to compete for the prize scarce had robin hood finished speaking when up rose that lumbering fellow little john of all the band best loved of robin and seconded him in command though he was called little his limbs they were large and his stature was seven foot high wherever he came men quaked at his name for soon he would make them to fly with a hay down derry derry down and a hay down down and a down good master quoth little john i was yester-e'en at the blue boar inn of nottingham road and thither came a stupid oaf an archer of the sheriff's who being over full of the landlord's best home-brewed ale made bold to whisper in mine ear that the sheriff laughs in his beard and saith to himself though i get no man to go to sherwood forest and serve my warrant on robin hood yet by means of my shooting-match will i entice him and his men and corner them all as easily as foxes in a hen-coop ho ho laughed robin hood now busk ye bone ye my merry men all if such be our friend the sheriff's intent we must then more surely than ever hie us to nottingham town when the sun was well up in the sky lo seven score men their lincoln green hid beneath sundry disguises some clad as poor peasants some as curtail friars some as tinkerers some as beggars made off for nottingham town by deep hidden tangled wild wood paths neath lofty green arches of the dusky forest and over the stile to the highway they went then down the long dusty white road edged with trim green hedgerows and flowery meadows whence the lark soared singing into the sky through villages with little thatched cottages where merry lassies peeped out from the casements uphill and down dale till they saw looming up before them and glistening in the sun the battlements and spires of old nottingham town here they fell in with a goodly crowd all going in the same direction common people afoot knights and squires on horseback their ladies in little carts or on gaily curveting palfreys adorned with rich trappings and merry tinkling bells in the midst of this jolly company robin hood and his men passed on into the town here all was hubbub and merriment on every side were gay booths of coloured canvas with floating flags and streamers wherein cakes and barley sugar and many another good thing were for sale tumblers were tumbling on the green bagpipes screeching lads and lassies dancing and within a ring in the town square a wrestling match was toward but robin and his good fellows lingered nowhere they pressed on out the further gate of the town to the place reserved for the archery contest on a green meadow before the old grey wall the range had been set seven score yards and ten in length and the rows of benches one above another that ran along the wall were filled with all the gaily dressed folk of rank and wealth from the country round about while opposite them a railing kept back the poor rabble who might only stand to look on at one end of the range near the great target with its bull's eye and vari-coloured circles rose a lofty seat beneath a splendid canopy where the sheriff and his lady were to sit robin and his men repaired to a great tent with fluttering banners and there joined the other archers who were gathering to make ready for the contest 
at last and at last to a mighty fanfare of trumpets that drew all eyes to the town gate came issuing forth the proud sheriff and his lady all splendidly mounted on horseback and surrounded by a bodyguard of soldiers they bore themselves right haughtily and both were clad in marvellous silks and velvets ermines and swans down with chains of gold aglitter with jewels no sooner had they taken their seats than a herald sounded three blasts on his silver horn in answer to which the archers sprang lightly forth to the range mid loud shouts of acclaim from the people such shooting as was done that day had never been seen in the whole north country before now the while william o leslie the sheriff's head archer was sending his arrows into the very blue circle that surrounded the bull's eye and leading all the rest the sheriff himself peered squinting about for sight of the single gleam of lincoln green amongst the archers ho says he swaggering to his lady methinks that thief robin hood hath not dared to put his head in my noose my good william o leslie belike will win the prize and throughout the countryside men shall proclaim the head archer of the sheriff of nottingham to be the best marksman in all the land just then stepped up to the mark where the archers stood when shooting a ragged beggar with dirty brown hair and a patch over one eye ho oh, says the sheriff's lady yon rogue is as broad and sturdy as robin hood look to him well my love now now says the sheriff in scorn a lady's fancy doth run away with her like a skittish mare a start at a shadow canst thou not see yon fellow's beard is brown where robin's is yellow and he hath but one eye know well that no man could befool the sheriff of nottingham were robin here in this crowd my sharp eye would surely find him the stranger took his place fixed his grey goose shaft in his stout yew bow took careful aim and twanged the string straight flew the arrow to its mark striking the bull's eye in the very centre a shout went up from the people but the sheriff himself called out in some heat now to it william o leslie split the beggar's shaft with as good a shot no better archers live than serve the sheriff of nottingham but the grey-haired old archer shook his head and flung his quiver back on his shoulder with a mighty rattling of arrows nay quoth he against such a marksman i will not shoot i did not ween in all england there dwelt such an one save only robin hood of sherwood forest now robin hood robin hood robin hood quoth the sheriff in hot anger who says to me always robin hood there be plenty of better marksmen than he and the cowardly knave hath not even dared show his face here in my presence this day come hither fellow the ragged beggar approached to the foot of the sheriff's splendid seat here take the prize thou hast won it fairly enough and he handed to him the gold and silver arrow now hark i bid thee join my service with me thou shalt be well paid and thou shalt eat and drink of the best there is no good man in any line but i call to my standard and since thou hast defeated william o leslie thou must be my man marry i rejoice that thou art a better marksman than that coward robin hood and one day we will show him full fair the worth of the sheriff of nottingham's men the beggar looked up with a twinkle in his one sorry eye i will serve thee o sheriff as thou deservest said he 
here fellow the sheriff turned to a huge lumbering rogue dressed in the uniform of his guards who had appeared suddenly beside the beggar take this man off to the barracks for my archers henceforth he shall dwell midst the very best marksmen in all nottinghamshire the great lumbering fellow looked up not only with a twinkle but with the prodigious wink of one jolly eye ay ay says he i will take him off to the spot where we dwell the very best marksmen in all nottinghamshire and he put his big huge hand on the beggar's shoulder and the two disappeared in the crowd at sunset in the depths of sherwood forest robin hood emerged amidst much laughter from the tatters of the beggar while little john cast off the garments of the soldier now now says little john i have kept my promise and brought thee where dwell the best marksmen in nottinghamshire ay quoth robin but i have still to keep my promise of serving that rascally sheriff as he hath deserved i like not that he called robin a coward for fearing to come to the match that night the sheriff sat dining in the great hall of his house in nottingham town with gay candles a flicker on the long table before him sending dancing shadows to play hide-and-seek over the splendid dishes and adorn the long rows of men-at-arms and household servants that sat below the sheriff and his lady at meat all men talked of the shooting by my troth cried the sheriff i did not reckon that knave robin so great a coward as to fear to come to the contest let that good fellow who won the prize come hither to me but lo as men looked among the archers at the foot of the table the prize-winner was nowhere to be seen nor neither that huge lumbering fellow in the uniform of the guard who had led him from the field and even as the sheriff's attendants sought for the two hiss a grey goose-shaft shot in at the window just missing the sheriff's nose and so startling him that he came near tumbling out of his chair recovering himself with much dignity the sheriff picked up the arrow from among the dishes before him tied to it was a little scroll unrolling the same he read may heaven bless thy grace this day say all in sweet sherwood for thou didst give the prize away to merry robin hood with an angry snarl the sheriff crushed the scroll in his hand section two now of a moonlight night soon after this robin hood and his men sat about in a circle in their greenwood glade and out from a lodge built of rustic boughs in a fragrant bower on the edge of the wood came the minstrel allen a dale with his fair bride ellen whom robin and his men had saved of late from being by her father wedded perforce to a rich and rascally baron and Alan and Ellen took their seats on the soft grass in the circle, and Alan sang to his silver-toned harp, plaintive, mournful, sweet old ballads of England. There lived lass in yonder dale, and down in yonder glen, oh, and many another such. Then rose Robin Hood from the circle, and wandered away alone down a moonlit trail through the wild wood it was a fairy night of witching elfin splendour the glistening silver moonbeams went coquetting with the shadows peeping from a thicket saucily but to flit away upon the instant as if in dainty mischief calling delicately to mind sweet fancies of the fairy queen titania and oberon the elfin king and jolly robin goodfellow and all those other sprightly elfin folk who once danced their merry round within the moonlit greenwood 
all the beauty of the night went warm to robin's heart but ah good robin was lonely he too loved a lassie a bonny bonny lassie yet would he never coax her from her safe and sheltered home to share his wild life in the forest thinking on his dear maid marian he strode slowly down the path so he came at last to a narrow little bridge over a babbling brook where he had first met little john and made occasion to challenge him months agone to a contest there little john had proved himself so skilful at play of quarter-staves as to pitch bold robin into the brook wherefore bold robin had invited him to join his band and ever after dearly loved him as he stood by this memorable spot he saw come tripping down the very same road over which little john had come a jaunty page with a feather in his cap now by my faith said robin to himself though i see yon fellow none too clearly his look speaks overmuch of courts and barons halls to be to my liking still he hath broad shoulders and a confident gait i will even try his mettle he cannot seem more lackadaisical than did will scarlet when first i tested him yet no better man is in all my band the youth looks worth a trial of his courage so saying he tied a kerchief over his face below his eyes and stepped out roughly on the bridge ho fellow he cried in a hoarse threatening voice stop thou hast gone far enough over this road none passes here save as i will face thee round about and march whence thou didst come or marry i have here by my side a jolly good blade that plays a right merry tune nay now good sir quoth the page full courteously i mean mischief to no man but i have business beyond pray let me pass pass thou shalt not saving it be that i pass thee over my head on the point of my sword pass then i will cried the page my humour is to do no man harm yet in sooth my business lieth across this bridge and he drew his sword and came forward right sturdily now it was a merry sight to see how that sweet youth fell to with his blade how bold were the strokes he struck and how stoutly he stood to his own defence it was click and clack and thwack and whack and a scratch here for robin and a scratch there for the page nor had either one whit the better of the other till at last good robin dropped his rough and threatening voice and cried once more in his own fair tone enough courteous stranger put up thy sword i have tried thee and found thee in spite of thy clothes a right sturdy fellow come join my band and range the greenwood with me tis robin hood bids thee and he pulled the kerchief from off his face then lock a mercy on us the youth dropped his sword and crumpled up in a heap on the ground at robin hood's feet and all his bold strength was vanished and he began to cry in a weak little voice oh robin my robin so near had i wounded thee thou dost not know me thine own maid marian i ran away from the town where the scoundrel sheriff sought to force me to wed his cross-eyed son and then come all the way to the greenwood just to seek thee my robin oh marian my lassie good robin could scarce believe his ears and he raised up the maiden and held her face to the moonlight and there sure enough but with hair cut short like a boy's was his own dear lassie marian my only dear come to dwell with thee robin in the greenwood for ever 
then robin's heart leaped like a doe for joy and he took his true love by the hand and led her back to fair ellen's bower in the greenwood glade and fair ellen received maid marian with gladness and gave her shelter for the night when the morrow was come maid marian and robin were wedded by friar tuck in the great cathedral of the arching wildwood and lo what a day it was for joy for of all merry days in the forest it was the first of may the festival of the coming of spring when lads and lassies from the villages came out a-maying and burst from the woodland paths into the greenwood glade their arms filled with flowers their heads decked with wreaths and over all the fragrance of the white hawthorn bloom and they romped singing and laughing about maid marian and made her queen of the may they set her up high on a throne of green boughs and crowned her with garlands then robin hood's men cut down the tallest and straightest birch tree in the wood and set it up for a maypole in the centre of the glade while the maidens wreathed it about with flowers and the lads fastened to its top long streamers of gay-coloured ribbons with little tinkling bells when all was done came merry dancers some in rag-tags of costumes some in simple clothes of the countryside and lads and lassies each seized a ribbon and fell a-dancing twisting turning weaving gracefully in and out singing a merry song and plaiting the long-coloured ribbons with quips and sports and pranks the day was filled there were contests at quarter-staves and wrestling and robin hood's men set up the willow wands hung with garlands that served them for targets and held a shooting match the victor being crowned with a wreath by maid marian queen of the may a stately feast closed the gladsome day then lads and lassies went back to the little thatched cots in the villages but maid marian was come in sooth to stay in the greenwood and robin hood built for her a lodge in a flowery bower and there sharing robin's life she continued to dwell part three it happened all on a summer's day that robin hood leaned him against a tree and said to little john to-day is a fair day little john and i make mine a vow that i will not dine till thou hast brought me here some bold baron knight or squire to be my guest take then thy good bow in thine hand and let much and will scarlet wend with thee up to watling street to fetch me a guest see ye do no party any harm that hath a woman in it nor no husbandman nor no yeoman nor no knight nor squire that will be a good fellow but purse-proud baron or pompous earl bring willy-nilly to me if my guest be over-rich he shall pay for the feast if poor i shall share my goods with him marry good master quoth little john right glad i am to obey and off he went with much and will scarlet till through highways and byways they came out at last on that fine old road that was builded in days long gone by the romans and hight waddling street they looked east they looked west and no man did they see but by and by came a knight a-riding past all dreary of semblance and poorly clad one foot hanging carelessly out of his stirrup little john advanced full courteously and fell upon his knee welcome to the greenwood gentle knight said he my master hath waited fasting these three long hours to dine with thee who is thy master quoth then the knight my master is robin hood ah a good yeoman said the knight of him i have heard much good and so doth it please me to dine with him 
Yet, ever as they went their way, the tears rolled down the good knight's cheeks, and a sorry man he seemed. Unto Robin Hood's lodge they led him, and Robin right courteously bade him welcome. Then fairly answered the gentle knight, God save thee, good Robin, and all thy fair many. I am called Sir Richard of Leah, and right gladly will be thy guest at meat. So the board was laid on the trestles, and the cloth was spread. Robin and his guest washed together and wiped together, and sat them down with Maid Marian and the rest to a sumptuous wildwood dinner. Such a dinner hath I not had in many a year, quoth the knight, when he had eaten his fill. If it hath pleased thee, sir knight, said Robin Hood, then I prithee pay for the feast ere thou takest leave. Surely thou knowest it was never the custom that a yeoman should pay for a knight. I take thy meaning, said the knight gravely, yet I have naught in my coffers to offer thee. Nay, now, quoth Robin Hood, too many of thine order these days keep no troth with truth. Speak honestly. I have no more but ten shillings, said the knight full sorrowfully, forsooth as I you say. If that be true, cried Robin, then I will not have of thee one penny, and if thou have need of any more, more shall I lend thee. The good knight opened his purse and shook out ten shillings. Alack, the more pity, quoth Robin Hood, but how didst thou come in so sorry a case? Thou must have been a poor husbandman to let thy lands go to rack and ruin, if thou hast no more but ten shillings to thy name. Nay, by my faith, cried Sir Richard, no such fault is mine. My son, for that there are those who hate him high in favour at court, was cast into prison on a paltry charge, and to get him free I must e'en pay a ransom of four hundred pounds. "'Twas more ready money than I had on the spot, "'nor would those friends who supped on my best in happier days "'give me aid of any kind or sort. "'So was there naught for me to do "'but go to the rich lord of Eli for aid. "'A wicked hard bargain the baron drove with my need. "'For the loan of four hundred pounds "'I must pledge him all my fair lands and castle "'worth threescore times the same, "'nor would he leave me the money to work my land "'and earn once more wherewithal to repay him. "'Now the day of settlement is come, "'and here I am on my way to tell him "'I cannot pay him a penny. "'What will he do but seize my castle and lands from me? "'Oh, alas and alack! "'I grieve not so much for myself, "'but for my dear wife and tender babes "'that will have nowhere to lay their heads.' Now for Ruth of this sad tale wept Maid Marian and Little John and Will Scarlet and many another stout fellow there. And Maid Marian whispered somewhat in Robin Hood's ear. Then cried Robin Hood loudly, Sir Richard of the Leah, if no other man be thy friend in need, then is Robin Hood that man. And he rose up from the board. Little John, go to my treasure and tell me out four hundred pounds. Will Scarlet, measure me three yards each of our stoutest green and scarlet cloth, and bring all here to me. Off went Little John and Will Scarlet, but that large-hearted fellow, Little John, made such pretense of stupidity at counting that for four hundred pounds he told out eight and twenty score, while Will Scarlet boldly measured yards by his good six-foot bow. If our measure be over full, said Little John, yet what better alms can there be than to help a poor gentle knight that is fallen into poverty? 
so they bore all back to robin hood who gave it unto sir richard upon the spot and the good knight wept for thanksgiving and joy and when shall i come to repay thee said he this day twelve months said robin here under this trystal tree meantime in the dining hall of eli castle where blue and crimson light from the high arched windows streamed over the richly spread table sat the baron at meat and with him all in splendid robes his friend the lord high sheriff of nottingham now friend sheriff says the baron in the sheriff's ear but an sir richard come this very day to pay me he shall be dispossessed and all his fair lands fall to me <laughs> a good bargain i made to purchase for four hundred pounds an estate that will yield me full four hundred pounds every year now remember i pay thee thy good fat fee to see that the case proceeds all in a fair process of law i count on thee to uphold me ay said the sheriff but i prithee do not forget when betwixt us both sir richard is fleeced in due and proper fashion that thou owest me still another fat fee for my services at the shearing now even as they spoke sir richard was announced and clad in his poor sorry garments into the great room he came do gladly my lord says he i am come to keep my day the only greeting the baron gave was hast thou brought my pay never a penny said the knight and the baron's eyes sparkled full covetously for now thought he those fair lands must surely be mine then why didst thou come if not to pay cried he hoarsely my lord to beg thee that thou give me longer time not a single day more quoth the baron for if it be all thy lands this hour now good sheriff cried sir richard turning him to that proud and haughty officer of the law i beg thee be my friend and declare my lands may not be forfeit for a paltry four hundred pounds nay quoth the sheriff sternly i hold with my lord of eli thy lands are forfeit this day and hour but my fair wife and tender babes where shall they lay their heads that concerns us not cried the sheriff thy wife is thy wife do thou find where she may lay her head my lord what wilt thou give this fellow if he signs the release at once a hundred pounds said the baron and not a penny more take then the hundred pounds sir knight if thou hast any wits to thine own advantage quoth the sheriff and let the matter end nay now cried the knight on a sudden loosing all the bold spirit pent within though ye gave me a thousand pounds yet would i never sign the release he strode to the round table standing hard by and shook out of a bag that he held in his hand and even four hundred pound have here thy gold my lord he cried which thou hast lentest me hadst thou been courteous at my coming i should have rewarded thee but thou hast bespoke me villainously so shalt thou not have a penny more but thy four hundred pound now have i repaid thy loan on the very day and shall have my lands again for aught that thou canst do and off he strode merrily whistling to tell his fair lady at home how their castle and lands were free but that purse-proud baron he left behind had no more stomach for bite or sup for all his royal fare give me back my gold that i paid thee in fee to get me these lands he began to roar in the sheriff's ear 
never a penny will i give back thou wert at fault to bring a fox instead of a sheep to the shearing and so they fell to at quarrel and scrabble and snitch and snatch but in such worthy care of their skins as to have not more sharp than their tongues for weapons it chanced on a day soon after that robin sent little john and much the miller's son and will scarlet once again to watling street to bring back a guest for dinner and whom did they see come ambling down the long white road but a pompous baron splendidly clad and that right worshipful sir the lord high sheriff himself and with them two and fifty white young men for guard now my lord of eli the sheriff was saying thou dost well to go to london and start proceedings at law against that same fellow sir richard that of late rode his high horse with thee i ween thou wilt still find some legal means to strip him of his lands and in london the name of the sheriff of nottingham is well known at court thou wilt still find it to thy advantage to have such an one to thy friend so so growled the lord of eli little hast thou vantaged me thus far even at that moment stepped forth little john much and will scarlet stopped the cavalcade and said right courteously worshipful sirs our master bids thee dine with him master who may thy master be quoth the lord of eli my master is robin hood saith little john so gently as once he spake to sir richard robin hood cried the sheriff he is a thief and a robber robin hood cried the lord of eli of him heard i never good and the two started up their horses and bade their young men ride on then blew little john a blast on his silver horn and all the wood along the road seemed alive with men in lincoln green with bows strung and arrows aimed at the cavalcade went up a cry from the two and fifty white young men that guarded the baron and the sheriff and marry they all turned tail and fled leaving their masters a snivelling and cursing fast in little john's hands so little john and his men blindfolded the two and led them off to robin hood's lodge do gladly right worshipful sirs said robin hood full courteously i bid you welcome to dinner do gladly right worshipful sir stammered the sheriff we thank thee but are not unhungered yet was there naught for the sheriff and baron to do but wash with robin and wipe with robin and set themselves down with him to the board while their knees knocked together for fear right sumptuous was the dinner but little stomach to food had the guests and when the sheriff saw at head of the table as robin's own lady that same bonny lass maid marian whom willy-nilly he had meant to wed to his son he choked on a bitter mouthful and must even be pounded well on the back or ever he found his breath once more dinner over and done quoth robin in courteous wise now worshipful sirs that you have dined to our best i pray you pay for the feast whine the lord of eli but twenty marks have i with me and naught but two pounds with me quoth the sheriff if this is true good sirs said robin and you are in such poor wise then will i take from you not one penny for never i rob no poor man but if you have lied then by my faith will i take all you have and he bade little john turn out the contents of the two men's saddle-bags little john spread out his mantle and from the lord of eli's bag poured out chinking eight hundred pounds in gold 
wherewith he was on his way to start proceedings in london to fleece sir richard cried little john and from the sheriff's bag rolled two hundred pounds the amount of the fee in full wherewith the baron had bribed him to sanction his fleecing of sir richard now quoth robin here is the quickest payment that ever yet saw i me look where in three days is settlement made of sir richard's debt to me and he took the money and bade little john lead the howling lord of eli back once more to the road but thou sir sheriff he says thou hast so long been our friend that we cannot so quickly part with thee thou shalt stay for a twelvemonth with us in the greenwood an outlaw will make of thee oh heaven have mercy cried the sheriff now let me go i pray but they took off his satins and velvets and linens and wrapped him in lincoln green and there neath the greenwood by night he must sleep on the hard hard ground and by day dress the king's deer that the outlaws shot and scrape vegetables and wash kettles and pots and serve as a common scullion at the end of a fortnight's time a sorrier man than the sheriff ne'er dwelt by dale or down ere i lie another night here cried he now robin i pray thee smite off mine head and i will forgive it thee ah ha 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 laughed bold robin we aim but to teach thee to be a good outlaw now for saint charity cried the sheriff let me go and i will be the best friend that ever you had then quoth robin sternly by my bright sword thou shalt swear never more to do harm to my men nor me nor to those poor folk in the countryside whom i make it mine affair to aid and that sheriff he swore him a mighty oath never more to harm robin nor his men nor those poor folk of the countryside then he took his satins and velvets and home he went nor journeyed abroad in the greenwood again for many a long day to come so the year rolled round past the time for gathering the harvest home when reapers sang neath the harvest moon past the time of snow-laden forest trees with crackling of fires in the greenwood huts and roasting of crabs and ballad and song came the springtime once more with singing of birds and sir richard all in fine array to pay his debts neath the greenwood tree for that i have my lands once more thank i god and thee quoth he to good robin this year i have prospered and here have i brought the four hundred pounds to repay thee and some little gifts of good bows and arrows beside but robin embraced and welcomed him well and told him how that in sound justice he was already repaid on the third day after the borrowing and that settlement being far and away above the amount of the debt he gave good richard thereof four hundred pounds more to build up his lands and once more work them to good advantage so robin helped richard of all his cares and ever they two were fast friends henceforth section four now when the king in london town heard all that went forward in sherwood forest how that there a bold outlaw dwelt who killed the king's deer that none but the king might shoot and defied the officers of the crown and never could be captured by my kingdom quoth he i shall take him myself and away with the mighty many he rode to far-off Nottingham town. But though day after day he lingered there in the company of the sheriff, and scoured the countryside with his men, never a sign of Robin did he see. Said an old forester then, 
liege lord take five of thy men alone dress thyself up as an abbot thy men as monks then roam at large in the green wood and i'll warrant thou wilt soon fall in with robin hood the king made no delay in carrying out of the plan all in the greenwood he wandered in the garb of an abbot with his five stout knights clad as monks and in sooth he had not gone far when out stepped bold robin and after his manner bade him stay and come with him to dine and robin blindfolded the good king and his men and led them away to the greenwood glade in thought to relieve them there as often he did others of any overabundance of this world's goods but the king when he reached the greenwood glade showed robin a ring that bore the seal of the king himself i am a messenger come from the king quoth he to bid thee bold robin come to nottingham to be his guest both at meat and meal then cried robin if such thou art in sooth not a penny will i take from thee for i love no man in all the world as i love my good liege lord that doth ever tilt with barons and clergy to win fair justice for yeomanry and for his sake welcome art thou to the greenwood if thou lovest thy liege said the king methinks thou shootest a many of his deer ay but says robin the deer in truth belong to him not all the game of the forest should be free free to the people who need it and not to serve but as sport to him who needs it not by the law of the greenwood all men have equal rights and if the king's law agree not then must it give place to the better law of the greenwood now the king said to himself that robin's words rang true though never would it do to admit the same so they washed together and wiped together and dined full well and robin he talked of this and robin he talked of that and ever the good king saw how his deeds were done to right the scales of justice when they had left the board good robin cried now sir abbot ere thou wendest thy way thou shalt see what life we lead in the greenwood and he blew a blast on his silver horn and seven score men sprang at once to his bidding a seemly sight quoth the king to himself by my faith his men are more at his bidding than my men are at mine they set up the willow wands hung with garlands for targets at a range of six score paces by fifty paces said the king that range is too far away whoso faileth to hit the rose garland cried robin hood shall get a good buffet on his head twice robin shot and ever he cleft the wand and so did gill of the white hand best archer of them all but when little john's arrow went astray and will studley's too then robin bade stout will scarlet smite them each a buffet and such a buffet he smote that they both fell to the ground but at the last shot what should chance but robin himself failed of the garland by three fingers width and more ha ha laughed gilbert of the white hand master thou hast lost now like thy men stand forth and take thy pay so must it be quoth robin shamefaced what is good for a man is good for the master sir abbot i deliver thee mine arrow and since i have failed of my mark i pray thee smite me well i like not to smite a good yeoman said the king lest i grieve him for sorely can i smite smite on boldly said robin i give thee large leave 
Anon, at that word, the king he folded up his sleeve, and gave such a buffet to Robin that he sprawled his full length on the ground. Now Robin was sore astounded that a monk should have such an arm. "'I make mine a vow to God,' says he. "'Thou art a stalwart friar.' But as he spoke, the monk's cowl fell back from the good king's head, and Robin saw full in his face. Then, sudden, he fell on his knee. "'My lord, the king of England!' he cried. "'Now I know thee well.' And down on their knees fell all Robin Hood's men. "'Mercy then, Robin,' said the king. "'We are in thy power, my knights and me.' "'Fear not from me,' quoth Robin, "'for my men and I must crave mercy, my lord, from thee.' "'Mercy, good Robin, shalt thou have,' cried the king, full heartily, "'for well have I seen, tis sheriffs and such, "'as they that in this day true outlaws be, "'and here in the heart of the greenwood dwelleth freedom and true justice. "'Come thou and thy men to my service, "'for much have I need of stout arms like thine, "'and stout hearts like thine and true, "'to do battle with such outlawry "'as dwelleth in the hearts of the rich and powerful.' Come thou and thy men, and I pledge thee my word, I shall not rest, till outlawed justice shall find once more her seat in the common courts of the land. I make mine vow to God, says Robin, thou speakest nobly, I am right glad to serve so stout a lord. And all the seven-score men in Lincoln Green hurled up their caps in air and shouted too, We are right glad to serve so stout a lord. And so it befell that when the king went back to Nottingham Town, went Robin and all his men, and made Marian and fair Ellen in his good company. "'Has captured the outlaw, then?' quoth the sheriff in glee. "'Nay,' the king made answer, "'the outlaw hath captured me. At least he hath captured mine heart, and for love of his heartiness have I made him captain of my guard. His very first duty, Sir Sheriff, shall be to take thee his prisoner, and bring thee in chains to London, there to answer to me for the felonies thou hast committed in the name of the law of the land. It was a goodly many, save for the poor sorry sheriff, that set off for London town all on a summer's day, but as they journeyed, Robin Hood whispered in Bonnie Maid Marian's ear, Belike our life will be busy in service of the king, sweetheart, yet sometimes we will slip away for a little breathing space, and tie us once more to the greenwood on a merry morn in May, there to see the deer draw to the dale, and hear the small birds singing. End of Ye Merry Doings of Robin Hood Read for Your Pleasure by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in February 2016